You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to the Nerd Room, where we talk all things comics and movies. This episode number 60, we're discussing Super Bowl 51 movie trailers. I'm Ronnie Rose Tim. I'm Troy. No, wait, that's not right. Wait, let's try that again. I'm Sanjay. Noticeable absence. Yeah, Troy the boy. He is missing from the podcast today. Unfortunately, Troy could not make it to the studio today to record. His Iron Man streak is officially <laughs> broken at 50 episodes. Wow, the Cal Ripken Jr. of the Nerd Room. Yeah, he's two weeks short yeah. of one year of straight podcasting. Oh, wow, that's pretty impressive. Like, it is. He's going to be missed here. Yeah, yeah. But as they say, the show must go on. That's true. I think we should give him like some heroic reason why he can't be here today. He's clearly out saving the world from the yeah. Justice League, right? Oh, for sure. I think it's Doomsday has come down, and he's in Metropolis right now fighting him off. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully it's Doomsday. <laughs> it's literally the Justice League he's saving the world from. He's out yeah. there to put that movie to bed forever. Oh, okay. You know, I can't wait to go to this movie with you guys, and then after the movie ends, I'm going to turn to you both and just have like the smuggest smile on my face be like, I told you Zack Snyder did it. <laughs> or you're going to turn to my face and be like, you idiot, this was worse than Batman v Superman. <laughs> One of the two. It should be fun to talk about this today because specifically this Justice League photo because we don't have Troy really moderating here. Yeah. Sometimes we sit on or most of the time the opposite end of the table here. So what do you mean? I'm looking to come a little <laughs> bit closer here on this side and kind of meeting you halfway yeah. on this photo here. You know, there's no Trump wall in the middle between us, uh, Tim. We can uh, we can connect. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, but today we're going to be talking about all of the movie trailers that did drop this year. And in comparison to last year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, yeah. we had X-Men Apocalypse civil war and batman v superman oh and looking at the movies this year they're quite a bit different especially yeah. these early summer movies we're getting a big guardians trailer as well as some of those tentpole disney movies in parts of the caribbean and then we're looking at fate and the furious or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> so there's a lot of these big blockbusters we're going to talk about and movies that really aren't particular in our wheelhouse here no there's definitely big blockbusters that everyone will come to flock to and everyone will talk about. They're, they're the water cooler movies. You know, you can't, you know, the movies, it costs like, what, $3.54 million to air a commercial at the Super Bowl? Which is insane. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, right? If you won the lottery and you had, like, say, $100 million, would you just waste it one year on a stupidest Super Bowl commercial just to be like... Well, I wanted to put a commercial on for the podcast. We should have. <laughs> Speaking, actually, of advertising and all that there is the star wars podcast awards they're back for the second year and okay I want to throw it out there that for the star wars commonwealth that we are a part of here you can go on there and actually vote for the podcast here the nerd room podcast for various different topics but Ooh. what we really want to stress is going on there and voting for the star wars commonwealth for best podcast network I think it's one of the best shots that we do have at getting some recognition for the network itself because there's a lot of Star Wars podcasts and there's a lot of other podcasts that are going to be included in this. But I think there's some really great things happening within the podcast network we're in. Just hit us up on Twitter. We have the link posted there. And just go and vote for podcasts, whatever podcast you like, whether it's Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Gen X, Skyhopper, or Rogue Squadron. or the if you may, Yeah, just ourselves. <laughs> we're just going to throw ourselves out there. But really, we want you guys to focus in on is voting for the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. 
Yeah, absolutely. And for every vote you guys do for the Nerd Room, Tim will send you an autographed headshot. Yes. So make sure <laughs> to hit up Tim, and he will send you that. And, you know, I'll send you a little bit something, too. If, if we end up winning, I don't know. What should we do if we end up winning any of these awards? I don't know, man. Let's, let's, let's let the listeners decide. All right. That sounds good. So the <laughs> millions of people at home, the billions around the world, vote for the Nerd Room. Yes, do that. Do you think we should be like Donald Trump and just make controversial statements so that we end up winning this? Never. <laughs> I will never stoop to that level. That man is insane. Yo, that's alternative facts, Tim. Okay, oh, we cool. are going to win. Hashtag alternate facts. Hashtag Star Wars. <laughs> Were you surprised there wasn't a Star Wars trailer last night? I don't think they need to. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say it's last night. I don't think they need to. I mean, it's Star Wars. They literally don't have to do anything. I guarantee if they don't put out a single trailer, movie poster, TV spot, it still makes a billion worldwide. Definitely. And I wasn't really expecting much. And we obviously didn't get anything last night. And I'm going, you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, these movies aren't coming out till November, December. What's the rush, guys? Yeah. I mean, look at Thor Ragnarok didn't do anything. Justice League didn't do anything. So it's all right. Yeah. But before we get into discussing all of these trailers, we got a lot of nerd news to get through. I'm going to yeah. start with the DC Cinematic Universe here in Yeah. Quotes. Okay. Okay. The Lego Batman movie is dropping this week and the early reviews are out and they're overwhelmingly positive. This is the best take on <laughs> Batman in film. I heard that. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty encouraging to see that. I mean, I think this is going to be the first uh fresh movie and run tomatoes for dc since the dark knight rises that's a long time it's been a while since they've got some good uh critic buzz so i'm glad to see it as of this recording or a couple hours before this recording i checked it out in rotten tomatoes i okay. usually don't do this going into it but i heard the hype behind this mm-hmm. and i'm okay with this i know what this movie is going into it yeah it was sitting at a 98 percent wow. fresh rating that's, that's impressive non-consensus though yeah that was only about 50 reviewers had actually oh, okay. put down the review but when you look at the trend yeah. It was 49 fresh and one <laughs> thumbs down or whatever. Was it that is. you, Tim? Were you like, it needs more Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough Marvel in this yeah, DC movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm pretty excited to go see this. Yeah. And hopefully next week, if we all three of us do have a chance to go check it out, we're going to spend at least half of the episode next week discussing this movie. Yeah. But what a lot of people are saying is that this is a Deadpool for younger people. I heard that, which is kind of interesting because Deadpool is not for younger people. No, but I think it's more about the comedy behind it. It really pokes fun at the previous movies. It looks like at least, and it's poking fun at the fact that Robin doesn't wear pants (laughs) and all of the different aspects of the previous movies, like right down to bat nipples. Like we've been seeing trailers (laughs) for this for almost a year, it feels like. And it just seems that they're really taking this lighthearted, similar to the Lego movie from a couple years ago that had that critical acclaim as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see that they're going to go back and I heard they're going to talk about each and every incarnation of Batman that's ever been on film, which is, yeah, pretty amazing when you think about it. And this movie couldn't be the all time best Batman movie. And I don't really doubt that. Like, I think there is going to be this separation between your live action takes oh, for and sure. this, right? So you have to separate that out a bit. But at the same time, I think this could be a good indication to Warner Brothers, to DC, that it's okay sometimes to poke <laughs> fun at yourself. No, I'm being dead serious yeah, here. Yeah, I know, absolutely. I know on the podcast here, I really do hammer at DC. And I'm going to do that again a little later <laughs> on. But I think right, sometimes it's okay to make fun of yourself, just like Deadpool did. It poked fun at the continuity errors. It poked fun at the X-Men universe <laughs> itself. And this is just doing that, but on a more juvenile level. Yeah, I agree. I'm totally jacked for this. What's your box office prediction? 
This, I think, will do close to 100 million. You think opening weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. it's going to do very big money. Yeah. It's going to capture the big comic book fans. It's going to capture the families as well. And the fact that it's getting this type of buzz, I think people are really going to gravitate towards this. People are looking for a laugh. It's especially here in Calgary right now. It's snowing. <laughs> it's cold as anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. And to get away for an hour or two in a movie theater, a lot of people are already in the malls. Lego stuff, whatever they do, people tend to like it. Like the Star Wars stuff they do is great. The Marvel stuff they do, it always comes down to this more comedic relief and this more satirical take on the movie universe itself. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And you're looking at the characters and you get the Joker, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yeah. like, his whole rogues gallery appears to be present in this as well. Yeah, and you see Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, yeah. probably Wonder Woman, Aquaman. So everyone seems to be there. So, so. could this be the best Justice League movie <laughs> oh. of all time? Well, the only other one is the TV movie in 1997. I'm including the forthcoming one. <laughs> um, well, I guarantee it'll probably have a higher Rotten Tomato score than that Justice League <laughs> film. I mean, I'll make it any that bet with anyone in the world right now. Um, no doubt in my mind. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to compare, like, animation to live action. And it, they, yeah, it, it very much is. And they have more reins in this to do what they want to do. They aren't trying to build into a bigger universe. And, yes, I do poke fun at the DC Cinematic <laughs> Universe a lot on the podcast you <laughs> no <laughs> but i'm really excited for this this is probably the most excited i've been for a dc film since probably the dark knight rises to be fair yeah no fair enough um so say you know this movie say it's a hit which we all think it will be and does really well what's the next lego movie where do you think they go from here so we have lego we have lego batman do you think they'll branch out to a star wars lego movie See, I don't know if they hold the rights to that. Like, I'm not sure exactly where the rights lie as far as a cinematic appearance of Lego Star Wars. Because they do do a lot on the Cartoon Network or Disney XD or whatever it is. I could see them really pursuing this Batman a bit more. Yeah. It's leaving themselves open-ended for a sequel. Because you're putting Batman into a film that is Lego. So you're putting two massive properties together in one film. And of course it's going to be successful. <laughs> Why wouldn't they build a sequel into yeah. this? Like, hopefully they leave themselves some room to explore something a bit different. They don't use all of the good jokes and all of the good parodies and that in this movie. Yeah. So that's one thing they kind of do have to watch out for. Similar to Deadpool, right? They have to do something similar but different. But speaking of Batman. Okay, nothing but good news, right? Like good <laughs> Batman reviews and then now we're off to Batflick, right? <laughs> yeah. I would love your opinion. So Troy okay. and I talked last week yes. a bit about our thoughts on Ben Affleck departing the director's chair from Batman. Now, there's been a little more information released over this past week about how they're approaching the writing. It looks like they're bringing in other people to either test or to write different aspects of the film to touch it up a bit mm -hmm. from what Ben Affleck did. So he's not only stepping down from the director's chair, he seems to be departing a bit from his writing duties. <laughs> Duty. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? So this is a little bit more developed from last week, and Troy and I had our opinions on that. I want to hear someone that is very favorable towards the DC Cinematic Universe, and in particular, Ben Affleck as a director and Ben Affleck as an actor in the Bruce Wayne role. You know, when I first heard this news, I'm going to be honest with you, I was disappointed. I mean, how could you not? Like, the prospect of having Ben Affleck lead this project from start to finish. And he said, you know, from the start, if the script's not good, I'm not going to do it. Well, now he's not doing it. So what does that say about the script? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a script that he wrote, too. Yeah. And the fact that they're bringing people in to change that. If he stepped down from directing and he's again taking another step back from the writing duties, mm -hmm. how does he put his full presence and his full work ethic and all that in behind this character? You know, he, he could be burnt out because he's been doing a lot of these big budget films. Yeah. Um, that's one thing we also got to consider. And as well, 
if you look at the Ben Affleck films that he does direct, they're more like smaller budget, more like drama. They're character driven. Yeah. To a degree. Totally. And you know, my thinking is I have no insight, obviously I'm just some loser in Calgary here, (laughs) but uh, I have no Hollywood connections, but what if, you know, he wrote this script and you know, it was a budget of 50 million that would have cost to shoot it. And what if Warner brothers is like, Ben, you know, this is going to be a summer tentpole movie, throw some more action scenes in here. And maybe he's just like, no, I want this to be more of like a character study. And Warner Brothers is like, yo, you can have an extra $150 million. <laughs> you know, like t- take a cue from Zach. Like listen to Snyder here. You know, he loves his action. So maybe he – I haven't seen his action. You know, if you look at the town, his action scenes aren't as extravagant as you get in your big superhero That's comic book movies. That's very true. I mean, you look at Batman v Superman, one thing is, you know, everyone that hated that film, most of them agreed that that warehouse scene oh, was man. on point. Best scene. Best scene. I mean, that's one of the best scenes in Batman film, period. Uh, that's why I'm, you know, I'm not fully off the bat train. The- I wouldn't say I'm off of it either. Yeah. But it makes me worried. But well, you saying this, that maybe someone's coming in to touch up the bigger action pieces that they have the character pieces they have that that set amount of writing from ben affleck he's put his touch on the character and it's just expanding a bit on those big scenes that we want to see in these films these final fight sequences maybe they need to be a bit more intimate on a batman level Mm -hmm. but maybe it's just touching some of those up i kind of like that idea that makes me feel a little bit more better (laughs) i really hope that's true (laughs) it doesn't matter it's all speculation at the end of the day but it seems to make a bit of sense at least to me that you pointing out that his action pieces in those movies, like stuff from the town in that mm-hmm. was pretty good, but again, yeah. it's not in the scale that we're looking for, for a Batman. No. If you look at Nolan's action pieces, the, the transport scene in the dark Knight and yeah. the, the, the plane scene oh, in dark Knight rises. So good. Right? So some of these are pretty epic scenes to get yeah. live up to. I mean, if you got the action that you get in the town in a Batman film, I think people would leave disappointed. Yeah, you yeah. probably would. Like, I wouldn't say disappointed because I think the Batman films need to be a bit more intimate, but you do need this spectacle to a degree yeah. in these films. Like, you look at some of the stuff that Nolan did, they are spectacles, but they're more intimate spectacles compared to what you were getting in Avengers or Guardians or Justice League, I presume, as well. Exactly. Um, speaking of that, who is your pick? to be the director if you if uh you know if you're ahead of warner brothers because this has got to become now on the top of any young hot up-and-coming director's wish list you got to think if you make this batman film and you knock it out of the park look what it did for nolan yeah look what it did for tim burton you know i mean if you knock these out of the park you can do whatever you want from then on in i don't know who i'd pick for a director like it's something that I've thought about and I've never really been able to visualize particular directors. Like I'm always like, just throw Nolan at it, you know, whatever, (laughs) something to that effect. But I was thinking like maybe Matthew Vaughn. That'd be a good choice. What they really need to do, from my opinion, is bring in a writer director. Mm -hmm. Look at what a lot of films are doing now is that the director is heavily involved in the writing process. And so he's putting his vision onto paper and then translating that onto screen. And I think that really helps. Like you look at The Dark Knight, Nolan had a heavy hand in that. Joss Whedon wrote Avengers, or at least he touched up Avengers. He didn't actually write the story. He fixed it. (laughs) Um, But you look at a lot of the uh, James Gunn. We talked a bit about this last week, so I don't want to reiterate too much. But I think they need to do something like that. And they need someone that's going to put their own spin on it Mm -hmm. to make it different, to change it, to bring a different element into the Batman universe. I agree. The person that they had that's rumored to have come in and rewrote the script is Chris Terrio. So you may remember him from the Oscar-winning film Argo, <laughs> from the Razzie-nominated film Batman v Superman, and from the yet-to-be-decided Justice League. Yes. 
So I'm curious to see Terrio seems they have a lot of faith in this guy. Um, he didn't fully write Batman v Superman. He wrote it with David Goyer. So I don't really know which parts he wrote and which part Goyer wrote. Well, uh, it wasn't a doomsday stuff. <laughs> Leave off doomsday, okay? The man killed Superman. If it was up to me, this may be controversial, but I'd go with Zack Snyder. Oh, man. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, okay, just picture this. Picture this. Close your eyes, okay? You got the writing of Affleck and the action of Snyder. I can't do it. I still can't do it. <laughs> so if Snyder is named, are you off the bat train? Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't think against the guy personally, but I'm just not a fan of what he's done in the last little bit. And speaking of Snyder and Justice League and that, we also had another photo drop here. Yeah. So they're not going the trailer route yet. Just a snippet. Just to whet your appetite. You know, we don't... What was the thing we got in Batman v Superman? They gave us too much too early. Yeah, that's Justice, true. Justice League is not doing that. You cannot accuse Justice League of giving us too much yet. I will give you that, <laughs> but I feel like they're giving us not enough almost. Yeah, yeah. So we got a new photo here, and we've talked about previous photos lining up the crew. Mm-hmm. This is just three of them. This is Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg. And we discussed this back and forth on Twitter a little bit yeah. a couple days ago. It's a, it's a very Zack Snyder-esque photo. Absolutely. There's almost no color in it. Yeah. <laughs> but I will give you, and I did say this, that yeah. Wonder Woman and Aquaman look pretty cool. I do love the Aquaman costume. I mean, he really translated that into real life. You couldn't have gone with the orange scales. No. And uh, it looks different from BVS when he didn't even have his armor on. It was just him with uh, his tattoos, and he was uh, shirtless with the trident. That's a very Jason Momoa pose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but this one now, he has the armor, so it makes me seem like uh, they're going into battle or something. It seemed to be on some sort of ship here. Yeah. ship. Rumor is, uh, people were talking on the internet, it's either a Kryptonian ship or a parademon nest. And so they're going in to try fight some parademons, which cool. is interesting. And the other man standing here is <laughs> Cyborg. This yeah. is the character I've got big issues with. And Troy aligns with me here a bit. I'm not familiar with Cyborg in the comics, but... He just doesn't look right. It looks like it's photoshopped in there. It looks like his head is sitting on a photoshopped body. Yeah, you could totally see. I mean, you're not alone thinking that. A lot of people have actually brought that up and mentioned that. I guess, I mean, I don't really know how he's going to look until we see him in uh, in live action and in motion. But uh, from what I can say, it is pretty comic accurate. I mean, initially from the New 52, he was bigger and bulkier, kind of like Troy mentioned uh, War Machine and Iron Man. Yeah. So he was bigger, and then after, I think it was Dark Side War, he got a new costume, and he's kind of slimmed down, and he's more uh, skinnier. And so a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he should be bulkier, but I think they're taking cues from the uh, recent comic run and making him more streamlined. Okay, I can buy that a bit. I and, ju- I'm just not buying the CG here yet. Yeah. Like, th- that's, that's my issue, is that I agree that it looks pretty cool, but it just doesn't fit for me. Like, I feel like when I see, and I'm going to draw a comparison to Iron Man here. When I see Iron Man, I feel mm-hmm. like Iron Man is actually standing in the photo. Yeah. This, I don't feel like he was ever there. Or like, he's running around in a green spandex suit. <laughs> Fair enough. The the one comparison I have is Robocop. I think he looks very Robocop-esque. And I, that'd be cool if they went that route. Because uh, I don't know if you caught the article. Well, it's supposed to come out on Friday about... Uh, the origins of cyborg did you catch that no is that from either total film or empire i, I think yeah total film, total film. here I'll, I'll pull it up and i'll just read the um a little bit all right so this is a nerd room exclusive well not really but it's the total film exclusive that the nerd room is uh, jumping off of so just to read briefly you can read the whole article it comes out on friday so the day after you get this but we'll give it to you one day early because we're awesome that's what we do another reason to vote for us so just getting the article, it says, um, the powerful mother boxes is what they'll be chasing. They were sent to our world and ended up in the possession of the Atlanteans, the Amazonians, and mankind. And then it says that 
what happens to mankind's mother box well it uh, turns into cyborg which is right out of the comics from the new 52 run so yeah. and we saw that in batman vs superman in that little video yeah clip exactly yeah so that's pretty cool um what, what do you think of that that the uh, backstory of justice league will be them chasing down these mother boxes yeah, you always need a MacGuffin in these type of movies. Oh, Something for sure. Something that the heroes are chasing after. Some all-powerful... I'm going to liken this to an Infinity Stone. Yeah, oh, that's exactly gem. what it is, for sure. And that's that's pretty cool. Like Sometimes it's like the Infinity Gems, right? The mother boxes, I'm assuming, have this undefined power and can really do anything. This almost power of convenience. And that's okay. I think that these type of movies need something like that. And if it builds into the larger DC comic lore, these mother boxes, I'm assuming they're present and omnipresent throughout the majority of time and space when it comes to the DC comic book universe. And building into that, I love that that type of continuity. And this is something that they can build into other movies that they're not just going to be exclusively in Justice League. I feel like pulling them and pulling these MacGuffins similar to maybe an Infinity Saga or an Infinity arc you are seeing in the MCU, something that can connect other movies together. I think that's kind of a cool way to go about it. Yeah, I agree. The Mother Boxes, from what I've read in the comic books, um, I mean, I've just jumped in the comics reading the last five years here, but uh, they're mostly used for transportation. So you can use a Mother Box and go anywhere you want in the universe. And so I believe I believe in the movies what they'll do is you could probably use them to go into Apocalypse uh, and Darkseid will need them to go into Earth to invade. So that's my guess. So, I mean, I'm predicting in the end they'll probably lose one and then Darkseid will get it and come to Earth and that'll cause the sequel. Yeah, so... Uh, wait and see here uh, i'm still not super hyped about this it hasn't changed my hype level as far as my most anticipated movies of the year but i'm gonna wait and see i'm gonna try <laughs> not to hammer this thing before i actually see some proper footage in action footage of this but i'm hoping we do get a trailer eventually i know it's not till november that we're yeah. getting this movie so it's still quite a ways out a lot of unfinished cg but i'm hoping that when they do drop something it's something that we can actually chew into and something that we can appreciate and support a bit more <laughs> particularly myself <laughs> you know the one thing we can say about dc is their trailers have been on point i mean if you look at the Most wonder woman the early uh, trailers, yeah i'll give you that the Man of Steel trailers are still my favorite. Yeah. They give me goosebumps every time. The the score behind them, unreal. I agree with you wholeheartedly <laughs> there. Man of Steel is just still that uh, shining beacon from the DCU. It is. I still, I do like it. I do like it. But let's translate this over, this discussion over to comic books. Let's get into our comic book picks of the week. Pick of the week. Woo! Lay it on me, Sanjay. What is your comic book pick of the week? All right. So I'm going underwater in this one. Aquaman number 15 so I'm a little bit behind 16 uh, episode 6 not episode 16 uh, issue 16 just came out um, but I'm still catching up so I'm on Aquaman 15 and this is the end of the deluge it's a very good Black Manta story that's been started since the beginning of Rebirth. And... This is the character we're going to get in the film, too. Yes, that's right. Recently cast. Um, I cannot pronounce the actor's name, but he's in Baywatch and um, some other shows. So looking forward to that. Uh, so you have Aquaman here um, battling Nemo, which is uh, which is <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so Nemo attacks the U.S. pretending to be Atlantis, and then the U.S. retaliates and attacks Atlantis. It's a pretty cool scene where it has Aquaman talking to President or former President Barack Obama nice. about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the Justice League in the background, so that's a, like, kind of a nice send off to former President there. Um, really like it. If you're into Aquaman and if you're excited for the movie as I am, it's been a pretty good run. Not as good as the Jeff Johns run, but I really recommend it. So check out Aquaman. They've been doing some good stuff. Um, written by. 
I should mention that Dan Abnett and art by Philippine Briones. Oh, Dan Abnett? I love Dan Abnett. He yeah. did a lot of the Guardian, early Guardian stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, Nova and a lot of cosmic building in the oh, Marvel Universe. Yeah, and he's actually been doing this with Atlantis. So there's a lot of characters from like Mira and uh, Merc and all the other characters that he's been kind of building up and um, universe building for Atlantis. So this might be something you... That's what he make. does. Yeah. Universe builds. I highly recommend you, you should check this out, Tim. That's got me intrigued because I'm a big fan of Dan Abnett. Yeah, I'm glad I found the written by. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, for me this week, I am going to lay down Darth Maul number one. So this is Marvel's newest Star Wars comic book. It's a five-issue miniseries. The first issue dropped just last week. Darth Maul has become a favorite character of mine especially spinning out of his appearance in Rebels. So there's a lot of really great stuff there. This comic book, I will say, it's a slow start to this series. Okay. It looks like it's going to ramp up in a big way. There's going to be some appearance by some bounty hunters and some more interaction between Darth Maul and Darth Sidious. But it does not get going as quick as maybe as I would like it. The reason I'm recommending it is that I'm a big Star Wars fan, obviously, <laughs> and I think this is going to be a really good book going forward, and I think you do need to get it. There are some cool sequences in with Rathars, which are the the big round squid looking things from oh, Force Awakens. Yeah, I was gonna say I recognize that name. Yeah, <laughs> so th- that's kind of a neat connection that they did there, connecting this something that's set before the Phantom Menace to the Force Awakens timeline. So that was pretty cool. There's some nice scenes in there with Darth Maul, but again, I'm waiting for a little more. So we're not getting into the bread and butter of this story yet but it's a nice start to what i'm assuming is going to be a really good story that kind of wraps this darth maul series up and into phantom menace my only issue with this issue is that it's 4.99 and it Ooh. comes with a backup story and it's a couple pages long but you're only paying the 4.99 <laughs> for that backup piece it's not an extended version of the darth maul series it's actually two different stories told within the same book but the second story unless it's gonna have some effect later on it doesn't really have any effect on the story itself. So that's one kind of takeaway from this book, but I'm still recommending it as my comic book pick of the week because it is Darth Maul, it is Star Wars. I think it's going to be a fun five-issue series. So it's just a short series. It's going to get straight to the point. Hopefully it picks up a bit more of the pace here, but it's a good introduction to the series, I think. Oh, that sounds interesting. So I have a couple questions for you. So four ninety nine is that the typical Marvel price point? No, three ninety nine is the, the oh, okay. flat price point. Here. Yeah. 4 dollars is usually for a number one event book or usually something that is a double-sized issue oh okay and you do see that sometimes in i believe the guardians 3000s or whatever the the next iteration of that was is because it always had another story in it uh gotcha and sometimes it serves as a jumping off point or a testing ground for other comic books that may come out in the future but yeah 49 is getting a lot because that's that's you know you're upwards of six dollars seven dollars canadian with the exchange rate yeah it's not very nice for us right now no it's a lot of money so someone like me who has yet to see um star wars episode one i know every everyone that's listening on the commonwealth is just throwing stuff at their screens right now (laughs) (laughs) i will watch it eventually but that's one thing i'm kind of excited for this though yeah i'm glad you brought that up because we're going to do eventually we're going to talk about the prequels on the podcast here at some point or another I want you to wait to watch it, and I'd love to actually have someone watch it and then come and give their impression here because the prequels in the past have gotten a lot of hate, 
myself, Troy, and the rest of the Commonwealth, we're not prequel haters. Everyone is fans of what they did there. Yes, mm-hmm. there are missteps in that. We can all recognize that. Episode 3 is one of Troy's favorite Star Wars films. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I'm excited to watch I'm that I'm really now. looking forward to having that experience with you because there's not many people you can have that experience with, especially people that are in the nerd world. Like everyone, I'm sure you know parts <laughs> and pieces of the story, but it's going to be cool uh, no, to get your, your fresh don't know opinion. Anything. <laughs> like, that's a very rare thing. So I'm really looking forward to that. So don't watch them quite okay. yet. Okay, I, I don't know. Like, to be honest, I don't know anything. I think, like, I know Darth Maul's in the first one. Yeah. That's it. Because he's on the cover of my steelbook. So. <laughs> <laughs> he owns the movies, just never seen them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're in steelbook. Yeah. Um, he, he has very cool design, very cool character design. His lightsaber that's double-sided there is very cool. Everyone that I talked to says he was the best part of episode one. So this comic book intrigues me. Yeah, um, I think you kind of need to see the movie to oh, appreciate. Okay, so the I should book. stay stay away until I watch. I think so. I'm being that's a five issue. Like you can boil them after if you get kind of into the character. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's not really going to benefit you much. Okay. Um, I think this is again playing to the the fan of the Star Wars series. This is a nice addition to the universe and not a necessity to read before getting into a film. It's not serving as a prelude. It's serving as an additional story or building the lore behind Darth Maul more than anything. I think at least personally. No, that's fair enough. Um, I really think, you know, these villains, uh, miniseries is the way to go for villains because they can't carry their own ongoing. Uh, Marvel did a very good miniseries with Red Skull a couple years ago, about five, six years ago now. And DC did one with the Penguin, about five issue miniseries. That was very good, told his origin and made me like the character a little bit more. So uh, if you had a choice, Tim, of Star Wars, Marvel, DC, one villain, five issue miniseries, who would you pick that you would love to have their own spotlight. Someone that doesn't normally get it. Like the Joker, he's always in the spotlight. But someone that's kind of underrated. Ooh, you put me on the, uh, on the <laughs> spot here. Uh, I'm probably going to have to lean a little maybe towards Marvel. I'd like to see a little more on a Doctor Doom or something like oh, that. Oh, very good. Yeah. Like that's a character I'm not completely familiar with. At least his old iteration of Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Not his new kind of the movie clean-faced, <laughs> I'm riding around in an Iron Man suit type Doctor Doom. Yeah. That's a character I'd like to explore a little more. Or maybe even like a, a Galactus or something like that. Oh, that would be amazing. Have him go to the different worlds and just watch him destroy yeah. him. Like, oh, that'd be Just excellent. get some insight into what's going on in his brain a bit. And I'm sure there's lots of comics that do cover those aspects, but just a fresh take. So they did a five issue miniseries i think it was five issue on updating thanos's origin story a couple years ago okay going back and doing stuff like that and just bringing up those villains and bringing those origin stories up to modern day i think is really cool way of doing it i agree completely and Soros has done a lot with these five issue miniseries a lot of them like there's a chewbacca book the han solo i believe was five issues and the leia series was five issues so it's exploring these characters fan favorite characters but only in short miniseries, which really draws me in because I'm not committing a ton of money or a ton of time to getting into a complete ongoing series and adding that to a permanent pull list. Yeah. So I like the idea that you could even pick these up and trade a single trade book, a 1499 trade book at chapters or whatever further on down the road if you're not a single issue collector. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I sometimes prefer the trades because you don't have to get up every uh, issue and pick up a new one. But th- the comic books are pretty cool as well because you can go back and look at the uh, – the advertisements at the time and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like a time capsule. And it's interesting you bring up this idea of trades versus single issues because I've had this internal debate going on <laughs> since we discussed Marvel removing their 
digital format, their, their broad spanning digital format across their comic books and going towards this promotion of comic books within the digital format more than actually giving you the single issue or the physical issue. And we ran a poll on Twitter as well. Okay. And overwhelmingly, people were in favor of reading physical copies. So it's something that's not really going away. No. And my personal conclusion, the something that I've struggled with for a while here. Okay, is that let's hear it. I'm sticking with physical copies for the books that I love for my Steve Rogers, for, you know, Avengers, for events, for collectors events. And the collector in me, this is really hard because I'm a big single <laughs> issue collector going back and all that. But my pull list is going to be physical copies. I'm going to shrink my pull list to something that is streamlined of books that I really do love and really do want to follow. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to shift to digital trades. Oh, interesting. For other series. So instead of going and getting physical copies <clears throat> of the trades, I want to go and buy the trades in digital format and read them like that. So that I have the accessibility for when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. And I'm also collecting the single issues that I really want and really love. I always do events, single issues. Yep. But this trade thing is something I'm going to try because that I think captures both of my aspects of reading comic books is that I love the collecting. I love the reading, the physical copy, but I also like taking something on holidays or on business trips and that with me because I do do a lot of traveling. Yeah, you know, all this talk about digital copies, it got me kind of intrigued. So I did something. I signed up for Comicology. Nice. And um, I didn't purchase anything, but they had two comics on sale for free. So I ended up getting them. Uh, Countdown to Infinite Crisis and Infinite Crisis number one. So I already have the physical issues, but I was just curious to see what it was like because I've never read a comic book digitally and it was pretty good. I won't switch from physical, but it is something that if there are still like free issues, I'll probably just end up grabbing yeah. them. Maybe supplement a bit of your collection or a bit of your reading with digital. Like usually Marvel does either once a month or so, they'll do a free copy of something. And if nothing else, the previews is often put up as a free digital download as well. So you can skip through and read what's coming down in the solicitations for the next couple of months. And you're saying before the podcast that DC is actually jumping into the digital format more than they are so right now. Yeah, so um, it used to be where you could choose if you want the physical copy only or physical plus digital. And then they kind of just went away from digital for the longest time. And then they're like, hey, let's bring back digital. So what they have now is certain books. Um, I don't know the names of them. I think about four to eight of their ongoing titles are now digital and physical. So you pick it up. They've added a dollar to each issue. So instead of it being two ninety nine, it's now three ninety nine, and you get a digital copy included as well. So basically, stealing the format that I like at Marvel. Yeah. So Marvel Not dropped stealing, it, and guess, DC but... picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. Um, so that's kind of what spurred me as well to sign into Comicology because. Uh, all-star batman which is a 4.99 price point they're just keeping at 4.99 but now you also get a digital copy that's the so, way it should be yeah <laughs> i agree keep the price point it should be 2.99 and a digital copy because i agree with you if i read the issue once in order to go back and reread it i don't want to read it and kind of wreck the single issue it kind of loses its collectability i mean yeah I've read Justice League number one several times because I've loved that series. That was the first comic book I ever read. And then I ended up buying the trade because I just was like, I should just get the trade instead of reading the single issue. So instead of getting the trade, I should have automatically had the digital copy. And then I didn't have to go back and get a second issue of the issue I already bought. Well, it's nice that you're getting into the digital world a little bit here. And continuing with comics here, I've, I've aired some of my grievances on the podcast in the last couple of weeks with Marvel, with the events, with the, the shipping issues, and with their actual books, me not being completely enthralled the way I used to be. This big status quo shift 
Come to the dark side, Tim. <laughs> you know, Dan Abnett, he made the switch. He's like, Tim, Aquaman, oh, be my Aqua buddy. I, I just, we could be Aqua friends. I can't do it. With, with this recent news, though. <laughs> okay. So they've had this big status quo change in the last couple of years, leaving behind a lot of their original characters and replacing them or updating them with more modern day characters. There was a recent article on Bleeding Cool that did say from inside sources that there was one of these Marvel summits and coming out of that was the recognition of the broad Marvel comic book readership that everyone was having similar issues to what I have expressed in the past. And what they appear to be doing is going through somewhat of an evolution period, moving away and stepping away from some of the more politically based comic books, the stuff we're seeing in Steve Rogers, which is awesome. Uh, but going more towards what they kind of liken to a DC style of rebirth. Maybe not so much in resetting a universe, mm -hmm. but going back to their fundamental characters. Going back to their meat and potatoes, as they called it, for Iron Man, Hulk, Hawkeye. All these characters that have been with us for decades. Going back and telling good, solid stories based around these characters. But I'm highly supportive of them reviving and going back to what they know best, to these characters that have been with us forever. There's a reason they stand to the test of time. They have evolved with the time, but they are still the characters that we know and love. And I'm so happy to hear that even characters like Wolverine they're talking about bringing back into the fold and bringing Marvel back to what it was prior to them kind of going through this major evolution, a major phase shift in their characters. That excites me because, you know, um, as you know, the Avengers run with Hickman was one of my favorite comic book yep. runs. That was a terrific run. And I want to get into Marvel. I mean, in my pull list, I've always tried to have at least one Marvel book that I constantly get every month. But I just haven't been able to get into it. When I pick up Steve Rogers, I have no idea what's going on. And you won't. You, yeah. There's no way you can jump into that book. Like, no. it's a fantastic book and it's politically charged and I love what they're doing with it. But there's no way you're getting into that. You have to go back probably a year to understand exactly what's going on. I can't even keep up with the books I have now, <laughs> let alone 12 new issues. So uh, if they do something like a rebirth, as they call it, or maybe they'll call it like a marvelous rebirth or something, yeah. I definitely will. Reset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two books I'd be most interested in would be an X-Men book. Apparently X-Men are coming back in a big, big way. Oh, that's good because yeah. they deserve it. X-Men was selling, what, million issues a month back in the 90s? X-Men, to me, is Marvel. To me, they're Marvel's flagship title. As much as Justice League is at DC, X-Men, to me, is even more than Avengers. Not talking about the movies. I'm just talking about the comics. I mean, X-Men has so many terrific runs. When you had Age of Apocalypse, um, Age of Apocalypse 2. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out here, Tim. <laughs> Marvel's your thing. Well, there's a lot of Chris Claremont stuff. Yeah. The, the, you know, the Phoenix Saga and all these type of stories that mm -hmm. were prevalent in the 90s into the early 2000s. But in the last couple of years, the X-Men have been more of this like floundering society that have trying to keep their heads above water and survive. So they've been diminished to almost nothing. And it looks like they're going to go through a massive expansion. And this all probably isn't going to happen for at least another year. There's a lot of these stories that they got to continue through. They've got to get through a lot of the arcs that they've built. But I think you're going to start to see the seeds starting to plant slowly here, maybe in the next six to eight months, about somewhat of a revival in Marvel back towards our old status quo. Yeah, I agree. I've heard, I've been reading online, and I've heard that a lot of retailers have been quite upset with Marvel with all their relaunches and their renumberings. That it's confusing. Yeah. And some of the books even, they, they do weigh heavily into the political environment. You look at Miss Marvel, Champions, the Steve Rogers stuff, even the last book that I recommended last week, Civil War II, The Oath, mm -hmm. it's really heavily pulling in the current political climate, particularly in the United States. 
Does that so, have to do, do you think, anything with um, the head of Marvel being named one of the Donald Trump's advisors? There's I don't know. Quite, I hate that. I don't even discuss that. <laughs> quite a controversy brewing. Well, People were wanting to boycott Marvel Comics. And... Well, what's his name, too, on Disney? Wasn't he a head of the business unit or something? I think Walt one of the Disney? heads... Not Walt <laughs> They brought him back. <laughs> Very dead. Cryogenically <laughs> brought him back. No, I can't remember. The CEO of Disney was also named to one of Trump's advisory committees as oh, well. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't want to talk about that because that just <laughs> makes me want to not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I was just saying, I'd like to get into Avengers, X-Men, and Spider-Man. Yeah. I think if, if, DC, if, uh, sorry, if Marvel does like a full reboot and it's i think they need to i mean is they've been one continuous stream for what 75 years now? i'm not in favor of a reboot i think they need to tim embrace the reboot embrace the reboot dc's done it several times well, they tried to do those secret wars and it didn't really work it just yeah. made the continuity a bit more complex <laughs> but i like my continuity i like the characters i like the history mm-hmm. i don't want them to go back and be like okay we're just gonna do the ultimates again yeah and what they did in that and just this more real world grounded gritty type marvel take Keep the characters that you have, the continuity that you've built. Pull in the characters that are doing well right now. Your Miss Marvels, your Captain Marvels, these type of characters, and then reconstruct around your foundation of characters: your Hulks, Hawkeyes, Iron Man's. You know all these characters. Thor. He doesn't need to be unworthy anymore. Although that's a really good book. <laughs> I keep saying I want them to change, but then every book I yeah, mention, yeah, you keep I saying say, like that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they're coming back. We'll we'll ask our Twitter followers and our listeners. What do you guys think? Do you think Marvel should do a full reboot, something like DC, or are you more on Tim's side? And you think kind of like a more restructuring. Let us know. I mean, this is why we need Troy here. He would have broken the tie. He truly would have. Troy, send us in your <laughs> questions and comments to the nerdrm at gmail.com. <laughs> you two listeners, you can do that too. Or you can comment on our Facebook or YouTube pages as well. Quickly here before we get into some of these movies, let's skip off the comic book news here and that. Let's briefly jump into Star Wars news. We always love to talk a little bit of Star Wars here. Bum, 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 bum. I can't. If we had to do one more note, we would have had to pay Disney 100 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New York Toy Fair is in a couple weeks here, and this is one of our most anticipated weeks of the year because we get a lot of reveals of the collectibles, and we're getting a lot of Marvel, Star Wars potentially, as well as DC collectible reveals. So watch out for that. Follow Twitter, not us in particular, but we'll be retweeting a lot of stuff from people that are actually there of the normal reveals they usually do. And DC and Marvel is probably going to have a fairly substantial presence there because they're not as secretive as Star Wars. They tend to hide a lot of things and not show you anything up until at least September. But Star Wars did reveal a couple new action figures in the three and three quarter inch line. This past week, we're getting Admiral Raddus, who is the Admiral from Rogue One. We're getting Galen Erso. As oh, well. I know her. She's from Rogue One. Oh, Galen Erso. That's her father. Oh, okay. I don't know him. He's <laughs> from so. yeah, he was Rogue in the movie. Zero. Oh, I know him very briefly. Yeah. <laughs> and we're also getting Finn Rao. He's from Rebels. It's nice that they're mixing in some of this. So we're expecting to see these in the next wave or two. And it's exciting for me as a Star Wars collector, particularly the three and three quarter inch line, that we're getting this deep already into Rogue One. We're getting Admiral Raddus and Galen Erso. These are great figures they're only five poa so they're nothing special but as a collector i absolutely love getting these and i'm expecting a few reveals at new york toy fair that seems to be the preamble that we're getting from hasbro mm-hmm. we're likely not going to get anything from episode eight revealed there they're going to save that until force friday when they do the actual reveals in september so if you're expecting anything from stars from toy fair 
I'm sorry, but you're probably not going to get much beyond just a logo in a box or something like that. Yeah, they typically don't tend to spoil their movies with their toys. I mean, these companies are smart. They're aware of that. They know that if they put in, like, the big baddie in Episode Eight, then it's going to blow up the internet and, you know, take away from the film. So they're smarter than that. Uh, speaking of Toy Fair, you know, I actually checked, and you can still get tickets to go, Tim. So if you're in the New York area... <laughs> <laughs> it's only, like, a four-and-a-half-hour flight to go look at toys. I'd do it. Oh, me too. We should do that next year. That'd be a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. We should broadcast live from Toy Fair. That'd be awesome. But we can also expect some Marvel and DC stuff there. I'm assuming we're going to get maybe the second wave of Guardians or at least a peek into Spider-Man Homecoming, potentially the Marvel Legends wave. Oh, interesting. That's coming down the pipe pretty quick. And we know the characters. We know who's going to be. We've seen them. We've seen some images of what the Vulture character is going to look like. So hopefully they're going to have some of those on display. And we're also expecting some stuff from Wonder Woman as well. Yeah, that's right. So I found online, I don't know if this will be released Toy Fair, but I assume it will, the uh, DC Multiverse line. So this is the line that they used for Batman v Superman, for Suicide Squad. It's just started pretty recently. And so they released two figures. One was um, Wonder Woman Diana Prince from her Amazonian garb. So just the plain stuff that you see, not her Wonder Woman outfit. And then Steve Trevor. And what was interesting was the Build-A-Figure. Now this might be spoiler, so if you're not, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled for the movie, then turn away for a couple seconds but uh so the build a figure is the big bad Ares, and looking at his armor it looks pretty comic accurate which is pretty encouraging to see because it looks like he's going to be not human he's going to be a little bit bigger and a little bit with the um, cgi yeah a little bit cgi so it'll be interesting to see how they do on that i'm excited it looks cool enough with doomsday okay <laughs> he was just on his early infancy and he was morphing into something really cool until superman sacrificed his life for you and me okay <laughs> but wonder woman i mean let's, let's talk about wonder woman let's talk about the good of uh the dc comics i mean not that batman v superman wasn't good i loved it but uh, that's a discussion for another <laughs> a little day. bit to clarify that every <laughs> yeah. it comes up every time it's it like does. the most talked about film of 2016 still <laughs> it's amazing how much we still talk bring about uh bring up that film but uh wonder woman uh looks interesting and i just saw actually i was at walmart the other day and um tim are you a fan of Super Friends, the TV show? Which one's that one? The DC sixties. Uh, oh, no, okay, <laughs> yeah. So what they're doing is they're bringing actually bringing back those figures. So they've released uh, Batman, Superman, Aquaman, and Green Lantern in the DC Multiverse line, and they're under the Super Friends title. So check it out. They look pretty cool. I might have to get them, and they're actually only fifteen dollars, which is not a bad price point for a full eight inch figure. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Check them out. So uh, yeah, Toy Fair coming up. Super excited about that. To me, it's just under uh, San Diego in terms of um, news that we get because these toys are pretty. Toys and collectibles are pretty awesome, and they just seem to be getting better every year. Yeah, and there's so much of them. So I'm always watching the the Twitter feeds and all that, and what's popping up on the news feeds from that because I'm like, I got to allocate X amount of dollars for the following year yeah. because now we know what's coming down the pipe, and usually we get up until September ish release times yeah so um, it's really cool maybe we'll get a justice league set i don't know who knows who i've knows? seen uh lego stuff too as well so i've heard yeah, that we'll get lego, lots of lego stuff yeah at, at toy fair too i heard uh, justice league 
Thor Ragnarok and I think Guardians are the three ones that we may be getting. Yeah. Some Hopefully sets. we'll get some extended sets from Rogue One as well because there's a few sets there and I'm hoping to get some of the bigger ships and maybe a few other <laughs> announcements as far as Rogue One related Lego sets. We're not going to get anything from Episode 8 outside of maybe a just a number that says, yeah, we're doing seven sets for Episode 8 or whatever. We're not going to get any look at them, but still exciting to know that we're getting a lot of Star Wars Lego still coming down the pipe here as well. Yeah, sometimes Lego can spoil a scene, though. Remember in Civil War, they spoiled Giant Man? They did spoil Giant Man, but then there also was in Iron Man 3 a boat chase with the Mandarin that never <laughs> happened in the film. <laughs> oh, so much of that yeah. film. I can't even, wait to review that. Yeah, even the Doctor Strange set had some sort of tentacled monster coming out of another dimension that never happened in the movie either. Interesting. <laughs> So, but anyways, we are here to discuss the Super Bowl trailers. So, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. Wow, are you a big football guy? Not at all. (laughs) Okay. I watch one football game a year, and it's primarily for the movie trailers. (laughs) But it's interesting because, to be honest with you, I do watch the Super Bowl. I like the excitement of it. I like a lot of playoffs in sports, and Mm -hmm. I don't particularly watch a lot of hockey or basketball or anything like that throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But I will watch the playoffs because I find that it's more exciting. Yeah. But... To be honest with you, when it comes down to the trailers here, I only saw one of the five or six we're going to talk about actually on TV. Now, some of that comes down to in Canada, we don't actually get all of the trailers or all of the proper well, trailers. Didn't you watch it on Fox? I thought I was watching it on Fox, but it might have been the CTV feed. I <laughs> oh, don't know. okay, because I watched it on Fox and they changed it this year. So if you're watching on Fox, you got really? all the American commercials in That's Canada. That's something I'm not used to. I was yeah. not aware of that. I may have been watching the CTV feed. Oh, okay. That so was next year. The Fox feed on the game, uh-huh. but then they'd switch over to CTV for the commercials and that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we watched it on Fox and um, we got every single commercial. It was an American commercial. And that's like half the fun of the game. It is. And that's primarily why I watch it. But <laughs> I watch most of them on YouTube because they release them either the day before or they release them as they're coming out on TV right now. So I have something from ComScore here, which tracks and breaks down the most talked about movie trailers and commercials and that for the Super Bowl here. But I'm curious how much of an effect YouTube is having on that chatter. Is it a lot of people watching the Super Bowl and actually talking about the trailers from that? Or are people going to YouTube and just watching it there similar to how I did? Because on this this comp score here, so the most talked about trailer was the Guardians Galaxy Volume 2. Wow. From the movie world. Yeah. Followed by Pirates of the Caribbean, which had half the amount of conversations going on about it, according to this. And then followed by Transformers, Fate and the Furious, Logan, Baywatch, Ghost in the Shell, and then Life. Wow. Those are pretty big movies. I bet if you add up all the box office uh, numbers from those movies, it'd be over $3 billion. Easily, because you look at Fate and the Furious, probably going to pull another billion. Transformers, yeah. same. Pirates, I that's a red herring. I, I don't, don't know, know. If, how well it's going to do. Guardians is go, definitely going over a billion. You think so? Yeah, I think You're so. You're calling it? Uh, I mean, yeah, billion's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what did it do before? I did like close to 800, I think. Did it? It was pretty wow. high Maybe seven hundred and fifty. Okay, so yeah. it was it was close. So could it get a two hundred fifty million dollar bump? Maybe not. It's maybe a bit shy. It's going to be one of the higher grossing movies of the year, for sure, for sure. And the interesting thing about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two trailer, it dropped pregame. It was not aired during the Super Bowl, or at least the first viewing of it wasn't aired during the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. See, I missed it. It wasn't until after the game because I just got there for kickoff. Yeah, so they did release, there's two trailers that they actually released for that one. There was a shorter version of it that didn't have the Guardians of the Frickin' Galaxy. Oh, okay. And then there's an extended cut that went on YouTube a couple minutes later after the first airing of that trailer on Fox or whatever it was. 
Do you think, okay, so we just got, what, eight or nine big movies dropping huge trailers. Do you think it's wise to stay away? Because it might just fall into the middle. Like a movie like Baywatch spent all this money and no one's talking about it. No, I guess not. But it it also was one of the most different type of movies. <laughs> we could say that, yeah. Like it, it was more of this, the comedic and all. Like you look at a lot of these that are coming out, and these are the early summer movies. You've mm-hmm. got comic book movies in Logan and Guardians. You've got your tentpole blockbuster franchise films and Pirates Five, Transformers Five, and Fast and Furious Eight. I think. I and think is it eight. Wow, yeah, it's something up there. And then you got two originals in Ghost in the Shell and Life. And then you've got Baywatch, which is your raw comedic type movie. So Mm -hmm. I think it fit in there. Um, Is it worth spending $3 million on the trailer (laughs) that you can just put on YouTube and probably get talked about the same? Probably not. I don't know. Like, it's interesting because a lot of these, these movies have had previous trailers. And do you think that they benefited from having a trailer sitting in the middle or at halftime or whatever? Well, if you think about it, Probably, what, 100 million people in the U.S. I guess watch? there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more people watching that than there is on YouTube. Yeah, so if you, if you think of it that way, even if 1% goes to the movie, that's uh, 1 million tickets sold, so times 10, that's 10 million, so you make back your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true enough, true enough. But I just don't find that I have that same experience anymore, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I go to YouTube to watch them. When I hear that they've dropped, or you're on your Twitter feed and just like, boom, here's mm-hmm. a trailer, didn't even watch it on the TV. So it was a really exciting game. Yeah, it was. Are you a Patriots? Well, you said you don't really watch football, but uh, you watch a lot of um, playoff games. You've probably seen a lot of Patriots games over the years then. Yeah, so I was cheering for the Patriots. Oh, okay. And the one reason is because <laughs> one, of my, one, of my, one of my boys, yeah. Chris Evans, okay. is a big Patriots fan, okay. appropriately enough. <laughs> and so I decided to go with that. My, this is my first year that my daughter was able to articulate a color or whatever. And so we asked her, who's going to win, yeah. white or red? And she picked white, and the white oh, was the Patriots. There you go. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go with her. Yeah. So I cheer for the Patriots. It's an exciting game. It was a great game, yeah. I mean, for people who aren't into football, if that's the one game to watch all year, you're going to be a fan Yeah, now. there's a lot of firsts in that game, which is pretty cool to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, But let's get into some of these trailers here. We're not going to break them down in any sort of detail. We're just going to talk about them at a high level. And we're going to try to talk about a few of these that we don't normally talk about on the podcast. And all right. kicking off here is Life life the the uh, documentary by the bbc exactly oh perfect okay i think morgan freeman is the perfect guy to narrate that oh man he would be great we should just do like a documentary podcast where we just like break down all the documentaries just everything by morgan freeman yeah the morgan freeman cast (laughs) no this this movie is a jake gyllenhaal and ryan reynolds vehicle it is about six astronauts that are aboard a space station that is out collecting something that was previously on mars and it does appear to have life on it okay so it becomes kind of one of these space <clears throat> thrillers kind of horror almost uh, okay. i'm a big fan of space exploration movies and if you take a movie like sunshine have you ever seen that it's a great film i Danny love Boyle. that film yeah uh, Danny Boyle did great on that and mission to mars red planet these type of films these were from the early 90s like i watched those on vhs <laughs> uh, but i love these space exploration movies great cast mm-hmm. and it looks like a pretty thrilling movie it's just kind of set out in space, and there's the explosions and all that, and you have this creature coming to life or whatever. But it looks like a lot of fun. Maybe not so much fun, but it looks quite <laughs> thrilling. Yeah, space is cool again. I mean, you got movies like Gravity, uh, The Martian, now um, Passenger. So it seems like Hollywood's going back into space for a while there. They were kind the of staying away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think this looks like fun. It kind of reminds me of Alien, kind of that horror space element. It does yeah. have a lot of that. Yeah, I really do get that. I agree. So I, I think I'm going to see it. I'm surprised it comes out pretty quickly, too. Yeah, March 23rd. March is a pretty busy month. It certainly is. You got <laughs> Logan, and they got 
Batman, no, no, Batman is this month. <laughs> it's not quite March yet. Yeah, and then this drops on the 23rd. Yeah, so it's coming out pretty quick. There was a trailer quite a while ago for this, and I'm actually surprised that they had a trailer in the Super Bowl because it doesn't seem to be playing to the crowd that, well, I guess there's 100 million people, so it doesn't yeah. But yeah, this is something that I'm considering going and seeing in theaters. I, I may more lean towards a Netflix or renting on Apple at some point, mm-hmm. but this trailer does have me more intrigued than I was before. I kind of had forgotten about it. And when you look at the cast too, Jake Gyllenhaal, great. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. like he's going to be good. He's going to be that comic relief, but also provide that serious tone to the movie that he can. <laughs> he rejuvenated his career from Deadpool. He did. He certainly did. So maybe we should go together and I can hold your hand if you get scared too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm not much of a horror guy. And some no, of these scenes already so you kind of surprised me that you want to yeah. see this. But I guess... You, you know, you're a big space guy. Have you seen Alien? You've seen Alien? Oh, yeah. 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 Those are touchstone films. Definitely. There's yeah. a must-see sci-fi. Yeah. So, theater or rent? What do you think? Theater. Theater? I'm going to say rent. Okay. Cool, cool. Let's move on to Fate of the Furious. This drops on <laughs> April 12th. I believe this is number eight. I may be wrong there. It might be seven. Wow. Uh, no, no, no. Because no, there's it's, seven yeah, Furious. seven or yeah, Furious fa- seven. Yeah. yeah. Who knows now? So this is a different take on it. It looks like the the brief synopsis that I can gather from here is that some sort of mysterious woman seduces Dom into turning on the crew, (laughs) going all civil war within the Fast and Furious franchise. We have Dom fighting The Rock. The Rock seems to be taking his position as the lead in this franchise now. At least that's what I'm getting from this trailer. Mm -hmm. Fast or Furious 7 or whatever it was, he was kind of a side character, more of a glorified cameo. He was the main protagonist in 6 maybe or 5, one of them. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) he seems to be getting bigger and bigger roles as we go here. And this seems to be him taking his spot as the lead from whatever his name is, Vin Diesel. Okay, so I've seen the first one when it came out in theaters. Yeah. Um, and it was just about racing cars. How are they, like, having submarines and tanks? And, like, what's going on here? I have not kept up with this franchise. So for me to go from the first one to see the trailer on this, I'm like, what the hell did I miss in the previous seven movies? So there's been a massive shift and almost an embracing of this ridiculous nature <laughs> of this film franchise within the last three or four movies. So when they kind of rejuvenated this franchise, I think it was number five where they kind of brought back the original cast because they did Tokyo right. Drift and maybe it was four. They I don't doesn't matter, but <laughs> they've seemingly gone more and more ridiculous and just purely embraced that. Yeah, and that's where this is coming from. Is like the big cars, the tanks, the submarines, all this. It's crazy. But the fact that they've just gone and said, look, we know exactly what we are as a film franchise, and we're just going to go more and more ridiculous as we go. Oh, yeah. I'm guaranteeing Fast 9 or whatever it's called takes place in space. <laughs> just launching cars into space. <laughs> yeah. They, like, hijack the uh, the uh, space shuttle, and it's them flying into the moon and stuff. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this does not have me interested at all. Like... I'm a big movie collector, and down the road, I'll probably get all eight or nine or ten Definitely of them. Definitely get them on the Steelbooks. Yeah, oh, for sure, once they get released on Steelbook, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to see this in theaters. No, so this is a rent for you? Um, it's, Surprisingly, it's not a rent, but it might be a buy. <laughs> a buy, okay, fair enough. <laughs> a Steelbook fair. buy. It's, it's, yeah, you're not viewing this in theater. No, oh. unless like something goes horribly wrong with my night, and I end up in Furious <laughs> 8 in the theaters. <laughs> Yeah, this does come out on April 12th, so it is somewhat of a dead zone. 
but I'm a big supporter of The Rock, but I, again, I have to agree with you here. This is going to be a rent for me. I'm not going to go see this in theaters. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, optimistic about a lot of films. This one doesn't have me that excited. No, it's one of the big tentpoles of the year, again, falling in April. Yeah, I mean, the last one, or, yeah, I think number seven was directed by James Wan. Yeah, it was. Who, yeah. Uh, Aquaman and yeah. Conjuring, so guy knows his stuff. He does. He can shoot action, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of action. There was a trailer for Transformers The Last Night. We were not too kind on this when we did discuss the first trailer that dropped. Did this trailer change your mind? Absolutely. It changed my mind into thinking I wasn't crazy the first time, and I actually did have legit reason to be concerned about this franchise. <laughs> it's gone on the tube, man. Yeah, it's insane. It's definitely jumped the shark. I don't even know. There's like time travel involved, and... What happened to Optimus Prime? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't even know if I've seen the last one. I feel like I have because I saw Mark Wahlberg in that. Um, but yeah, like Grimlock appears to be coming back in this, what? which is kind of cool, I guess. I guess. I mean, here's how you save Transformers. I mean, the movies make a billion dollars, but they're crap. But if I was head of Transformers, I would turn to Beast Wars. Remember that show from the 90s? Yeah, you have yeah. to do something a little different here. Like, I don't like them constantly playing to the idea that the Transformers and Earth are constantly intertwined with each other. Their histories are so woven together that each movie explores a different aspect that, like, <laughs> of the history of the two. Because in the first movie, we're given all the indication that this is the first time they're coming to Earth. Totally. And the first movie worked. Like, I like the first movie. It's a great film. Yeah. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's like Independence Day. You can put it on, and no matter where it's at, you can finish it till the end. Then the second one came, and it went down the tubes, and the third. And the fourth, I shut it off mm. halfway through. The third was better than the second. Okay, yeah. I haven't I seen think. the third. I haven't seen the third. I've seen the first two, and the second one. I'm thinking one of the right one. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Rent or theater? Rent, I guess. Yeah. I'd probably skip it altogether. I mean, if it gets good reviews, and if it's on sale on like Boxing Day for like five bucks, I'll probably pick it up. There you go. And I will buy the digital code off you. Yeah, exactly. Everyone will actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> what will happen was I will lend it to Tim. <laughs> exactly. All right, another they can't big... see you winking on the podcast, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another big tentpole movie that drops on May 26th, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tells No Tale. You know, I'm normally not this negative. If you go back and watch some of our episodes, I'm a pretty positive guy. But this one has me not excited at all. This is another franchise that I've checked out of. Uh, the movies have just been getting worse and worse and worse. They have, they've been trying to, like, build this, like, mythology towards them and, you know, this whole universe of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And to me, just stick with what works. The first one was just this fun action film that took place in the seas. And, you know, uh, Jack Sparrow was great. It just worked. And after that, they tried to go, like, too deep and try to, like, make sense of it all. I don't need this, like, crazy backstory of the whole franchise. This one, to me, is looks like another misstep. I, I'm not interested at all. How about you? Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. The first film. Yes. And I like the mythos that they try to build behind this, including poseidon's trident here what is what they're doing in this film the oh, fountain is that of what they're youth. after yeah oh, okay and all these different kind of mythical artifacts and i, I kind of like that i've always liked that aspect about pirate films and i thought they did the first one really well but i have to agree with you here that this again feels like too much of the same thing they seem to be revisiting at least from when i get here the success of the first one going back to like these ghost ship this captain salazar yeah so 
Seems like an interesting character with all the different pirates that are ghosts get their heads blown off on that. CG looks pretty good. They seem to be bringing back Orlando Bloom. I believe okay. he does have a brief cameo in this trailer. So revisiting again what they did in the past and getting away from the, the break that they made in, I believe it was number four. Is that the one where it's like the mermaids and stuff? Possibly. I don't know. doesn't matter. <laughs> but one thing that I found curious about this is that the first trailer refused to show you Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow. That's right. This trailer weighs right to the end and just shows you him covered in mud. I don't know. I don't. It could be shit, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But I don't know why they're hesitant in showing you Johnny Depp. We've seen this character in four other movies. Like, we know exactly who and what this character is. Why are they hiding him? Like, are they trying to put on display some of the other characters, some of the CG, some of the other elements of this universe? Or are they just playing with us? Like, I don't understand why there's so much hesitation showing Johnny Depp. I think probably because Johnny Depp is not the most loved person right now in the world. He had a couple of bombs. He had uh, his divorce with Amber Heard. Um, and some pretty nasty stuff came out of that. That dog incident in Australia, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, he's not been on a hot streak. And um, so maybe Disney's trying to stay clear of that. But he's the pivotal character. He's like the maybe title he's not. character of this. Maybe I don't he's know. not. Maybe they're trying to go a different direction. Maybe they're trying to phase him out. Interesting. I never really thought of it that because way. I thought they were just playing coy with him for whatever reason. But think of, uh, what was that, Alice Through the Looking Glass? true the first one made a billion dollars this last one didn't even make a hundred million i don't know i did not do well it did horribly so maybe disney's like maybe we should stay clear of uh johnny depp for the while and who knows who knows theater or rent i keep saying this backwards and forth (laughs) rent or theater um eventually i do want to see all these i mean i did enjoy the first one the second one i was less thrilled on and the third one i was even less so i'll probably say rent I'll say rent too. When I say rent, I also mean Netflix and all that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm not seeing this. In you theaters. don't mean you're going to drive to Blockbuster and pick it up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> as much as I would love that, I think I'm the only one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, there's two other trailers here that I want to talk about. The okay. big one from as far as the movie world is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So I did watch this. Okay. I didn't stay away from it. I, I kind of want to get into this aspect of if watching this and getting a little bit more hype for it. I'm already at fever pitch with it. What did you think of this? Because I already know where I stand. <laughs> so enough of the negativity. Let's bring in some positives. This film looks awesome. It does. It brings back all the fun stuff from the first film with the action pieces and the monsters. That scene with Drax and the uh, octopus or whatever that it's like yeah. jumping into. Uh, the humor I liked a lot more than the first trailer. I think this was a much better trailer than the first one. Mm-hmm. It was short. It was to the point. It did give us a look at our villain, or at least what we think is the main villain in Aisha, which is mm-hmm. also known as her. Okay. We talked about her a bit last week, but she's a counterpart to Adam Warlock, also known Ooh, as him. Interesting. So I'm hoping to bring in some of that mythos. We had the cocoon that was in the end of Thor, the Dark World, and in Guardians of the Galaxy and the Collector's Vault. So right. connecting a lot of these pieces, all of this cosmic aspect of Guardians, which I'm a huge fan of. The look of it, I was a bit thrown off by that. It looked like something out of Asgard. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, they're in Asgard. Yeah. 
But so that's a little bit different, but I agree with you. The humor is on point. Drax, Mantis looks great. We had a lot more here with Nebula and Yondu joining the Guardians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yondu is an original Guardians member, and oh, okay. I love both of those characters. And so we're gonna seemingly going to have an uneasy alliance between all the Guardians, bringing in Mantis as a new character. We did get that Avengers-esque kind of glory shot towards oh, the end of the trailer. Oh, that looked really there. cool with the uh, colors in the background. Exactly, and then we had... Rocket nicely translating Groot's I am Groot to Yondu, (laughs) which is Guardians of the freaking galaxy. (laughs) So even interrupting that scene, that kind of money shot scene with Mantis getting hit in the face and Drax dropping that line, that's just very much Guardians of the Galaxy. And I absolutely love what they did there. So fever pitch here for me. This is a definite theater watch. First day, first showing in Calgary. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, What did you think of the character? The uh, Sorry, you mentioned her name. The all gold character. The Oscar statue. Yeah, Aisha. (laughs) Aisha, yeah. What did you think of her look? Um, I was a little thrown off by it. It seemed like a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm not going to really throw much at this character as far as her initial appearance. Because I'm not sure if we're going to see some sort of evolution of this character. But it kind of does fit what she's supposed to be, this kind of cosmically powered being. So we'll see how it fits into the aesthetic of the film. Um, Because right away, I immediately thought Asgard. That's what I thought. I thought it didn't fit as well into the Guardians. So I'm going to be a wait and see on this villain. Or if she actually is the villain. Because we still have yet to see Eagle the Living Planet. Which I'm hoping you don't get to see until further on into the trailers that I'm actually not watching. So I'm going to wait and see with her. I'm not quite sold on it yet. Uh, How about you? Um, The first thing I saw when I saw her... Uh, immediately thought of the 1920s classic sci-fi film metropolis where the main character is like all gold well it's black and white but it looks like she's wearing like a gold outfit and that's kind of the vibe i got maybe it's a throwback i don't know how she looks in the comic books if this is comic accurate um from what i've read not really okay i may be wrong in that and if listeners if you've read a lot of her or aisha i don't even know if i'm saying that right but um (laughs) If you've read a lot of that, make sure to correct me here. But I think they've taken some liberties with this character. That's one thing I've noticed, I've heard of the Guardians, is the characters from the comics and the movies are kind of different. They do take creative liberties with the characters. They do have similar elements, but they have kind of gone their own direction with them. And I think with characters like the Guardians, you do have that ability because you don't have that mainstream recognition. Oh, you've changed what Star looks like or Drax looks like. Yeah. They do look similar, but they have evolved them into their own type of thing. And we've seen a reverse evolution back into the comic books because Star-Lord looks exactly like Chris Pratt right now. <laughs> oh, of course. No, that makes sense. I mean, you couldn't make that change with Captain America. If you changed his costume to be like red, white, and green, yeah. people would lose it. But you change Drax from green to blue, no one's going to say anything. No, yeah, that's not going to piss off the mainstream audience. So. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Opening day, I'm going to see this. We'll probably see it together and we'll probably definitely. love it together. Yeah, and we will definitely be reviewing this as part of a much larger MCU retrospective that we yeah. are doing once a month. It is February now, so this is the month of Ooh. Incredible Hulk for us. Yeah. So we're going to be recording an episode here in a couple weeks and dropping it at the end of February. So look out for that coming down the pipe. Our Iron Man episode is actually up on the feed you're listening to right now. So make sure to go back and check that out and follow along and take this journey with us up into our weekend release review of Avengers Infinity War. So 16 months, 16 reviews of Marvel Cinematic Universe films. So now we're 15 months away. Yes, we are. From Infinity War. But we're not that far away from this last trailer. Okay. You have not finished it, so I'm not going to spoil this. But Stranger Things right. Season 2. This is not right. a film, but this is a 
big TV show, a Netflix TV show that we're all big fans of. I know you're one episode shy. Troy loved it. I loved it. <laughs> My wife loved it. Everyone is on board with this thing. We finally got not only the indication of when it's dropping, but we got some footage from it. So it is coming out in Halloween. At least that's what's tagged at the end. Wow, that's a long wait time. It is because it came out in July last time. Okay. And I'm really looking forward to this. The trailer won't go into too much detail here because it really won't spoil much. But again, it captures the aesthetic of the 80s, this nostalgia that we feel. The kids are running around in Ghostbusters I costumes saw that. at one point. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. And it had this Lego My Ego commercial at the very start <laughs> of the trailer. Just perfect on point. So excited for this. It looks awesome. like we're going to have the inside out maybe coming Ooh. back outside. We'll see. Okay. But uh, this this looks awesome. This was, again, other than Guardians, this was the trailer that I love the most. The trailer that I've rewatched the most amount of times. And there's not a lot of footage in there, mm-hmm. but this is a definite, whenever it drops, whether it's the 27th, which I think is the, the Friday before Halloween of October this year, I'm there binge watching this as soon as I can get my hands on it. I agree. I gotta have to go home now and watch the last episode. You got me jacked up to finish watching it. You gotta do it, man. I know. I mean, uh, the thing of Stranger Things is it's like the only Netflix show I've really gotten into. I mean, I'm so bad at watching TV shows nowadays, uh, especially with a little one at home. It's tough. But uh, Stranger Things was the one that I stuck through, and I'm glad I did. I can't. Seems wait. very much up your alley. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because so many people were like, "Oh, it was so scary," and I'm just like, you know, I'm a horror connoisseur, and I'm just like. Really? <laughs> Dude, I was under blankets for the majority of this watching That's experience. That's amazing. Yeah. I watched it purely because the 80s aesthetic, not for the like the thrill and all that. Like mm-hmm. I'm not into that like scaring the shit out of myself. <laughs> but like I like I watched this when I was on vacation in July last yeah. year. And I was literally watching it at night and I'm got like there's some points I got my eyes closed and I'm trying to like watch it. I'm like, I know something's gonna jump out soon and that's gonna happen. Like I don't wanna see it. I'm trying to prepare myself. But you yeah. get desensitized. It happens over time. <laughs> the whole generation seems to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that kind of wraps it up here for our trailer talk. We've gone a little bit over time, but I think it was warranted talking in a little bit more detail. And I like doing kind of this rent or see it in theaters. But my conclusion from this is that we're already on board for Guardians of the Galaxy and Stranger Things Season 2. The other trailers, the $3 million or whatever they spent, did not intrigue either of us enough to get us ass in seat in theater <laughs> to watch one of those films. Especially considering all these come out really pre-summer. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a pretty crowded uh, movie landscape in 2017, so you're going to have to really allocate your money wisely. I am not allocating my money to Transformers, to Pirates, <laughs> to uh, Baywatch, but I will allocate to Guardians. Definitely. I'm right there with you. I will watch some of these on Netflix when they inevitably pop up on it. Oh, but, for sure. Sorry, guys. Money somewhat well spent? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if they gave me three and a half million to watch it, I probably would. Okay. <laughs> you and everyone else. <laughs> I don't know. Transformers 5, come on. I mean, maybe 3.6 mil. <laughs> alright guys that about wraps it up for this week I just want to say one more time make sure to go out and vote for us in the Star Wars Podcast Awards 2017 vote for the Nerd Room if you'd like or go vote for some of the other podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Network but I do ask that you do go vote for the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network for favorite Star Wars Podcast Network 
That was a lot of podcast networking in one single sentence. <laughs> Drink every time Tim says Star Wars Podcast Network. <laughs> but get out there and vote for everyone in the Commonwealth and for the Commonwealth itself. We'd really appreciate your vote and taking that up. We'll post the link here on Thursday so you can easily find location where to go vote for that. Just You can also find them on Twitter and all that. Just type it into the internet. I can honestly say it's the only Star Wars podcast network that I listen to. There you go. 100%. Somebody truth. is fully behind us. Has, hashtag true facts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can always grab us at hashtag into the nerd room on Twitter. Our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. You can also email us at the at gmail.com or leave your comments and questions on our YouTube or Facebook pages. Just search the nerd room podcast. Troy, you were missed this week. Sorry you couldn't make it. 50 episodes in the bag. He will be back next week to hopefully, maybe, we're not promising it, but we're likely going to be reviewing the Lego Batman movie, at least half the episode allocating towards that and giving our thoughts and hopefully our praise to that (laughs) Batman movie. I'm looking forward to it. You know, for once, it might be nice to talk positively about (laughs) the DC Universe. I'm thoroughly looking forward to that. Me too. So, all right, guys, until next week for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Sanjay. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search the Nerd Room podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.